Esse Bhakti Vedanta Swami, Shiva When the doormen of Vaikuntha Loka, who were certainly devotees of the Lord, found that they were going to be cursed by the Brahmanas, he at once became very much afraid and fell down at the feet of the Brahmanas in great anxiety. For a Brahmana's curse cannot be counteracted by any kind of weapon. Which would be when the doormen of Vaikuntha Loka, who were certainly devotees of the Lord, Found that they were going to be cursed by the Brahmanas. They at once became very much afraid. And fell down at the feet of the Brahmanas. In great anxiety. For a Brahmana's curse cannot be counteracted. By any kind of weapon. The poor Although by chance the doormen committed a mistake by checking the brahmanas from entering the gate of Vaikuntha, they were at once aware of the gravity of the curse. There are many kinds of offenses, but the greatest offense is to offend a devotee of the Lord. Because the doormen were also devotees of the Lord, they were able to understand their mistake and were terrified, and the four kumaras were ready to curse them. Jai Om Ajnana Timirandasya Garanjana Salakaya Takshu Umritanina Tasmai Sri Guru Venama Lancha Kapa Trubyascha Kripa Sindhu Bevacha Tatita Nam Bhavani Vyo Vaishnava Vyo Namo Namaha Namaste Jivanandaya Dasaya Vanachari Rupa Vadavaya Srina Shila Vyodi Ajnana Dantagamana Mahashyate Patita Jnana Guru Taya Chita Hare Chakshashe Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Bhadaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale, Srimakte Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nityanami, Namaste Sarasvati Devi Gauravani Pacharini, Nirvishesha Shunyavani Pashyatari Sutani, Jai Sri Krishna Jaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita Yadha, Sri Vasadi Gauravata Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, when the doormen of Vaikuntha Loka, who were certainly devotees of the Lord, found that they were going to be cursed by the Brahmanas, they at once became very much afraid and fell down at the feet of the Brahmanas in great anxiety. For a Brahmana's curse cannot be counteracted by any kind of weapon. So when we take shelter of the Lord, the Lord infuses us with potency. And so Brahmana means one who is in touch with spirit. So Brahma Tejas means that the Brahmana has potency given by God through being connected to the Prampara and being connected by dedicating their life to the service of God. So this particular verse is saying that this power of the Brahmanas who are most empowered by God in society because they're the ones who dedicate their life specifically to distributing the laws of God. So they are most in power. So there's nothing in this world that can counteract that, that particular power invested to the Brahmanas. And so what to speak of devotees who have dedicated their life to devotional service to Guru and Krishna, then they actually possess all power because they can they can commune with the Lord every day, 
and they can help others also commune with the Lord. So there's no greater um, power than that. That was the potency of Srila Prabhupada and the followers of Prabhupada, that they connect us in the highest way to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And there's nothing more powerful than that. No mystic powers, no creating planets, destroying planets, no transferring at will different planets at the speed of the mind. There's nothing, nothing that's more powerful than connecting to Krishna in the highest way through love and devotion. That's the powerful, most powerful way of living entities in this world and in the spiritual world. So this verse, again, we're speaking about offenses. And we speak a lot about offenses in Krishna consciousness. Criticizing, there's different levels. There's, it's also everything that we do, every simple activity we do starts in the mind. So we can think ill of someone in our mind, and that can build to the point that we speak it through words. And when the mind is filled with ill thoughts, and then we begin speaking words, in time that will take form in a corporeal offense. <laughs> we were talking yesterday because I bumped into an article and I said, please forgive me for my corporeal offense. <laughs> That's an accident. <laughs> Did you forgive me? Yeah. <laughs> and it, start, it takes the form of actions. So like when Brigopadi went to Tatsu's the greatest, and he, he committed action, he committed offense through his mind to Lord Brahma, then with words to Lord Shiva, and then he committed a corporeal offense to Lord Vishnu by kicking him up the chest. So every simple activity starts in the mind, in the way that we think. So I found this really nice quote by uh, Mahatma Gandhi, actually. And he said, I won't let anyone walk in my mind with their dirty feet. So this also speaks to association, because they say, you know, birth of a feather flock together. And so when we get into different associations where people are talking ill of anyone, really, because the Shastra said that what's the point of criticizing the nature of this world or glorifying it? It's actually useless activity to, to criticize or glorify the nature of how the material energy works, because it's simply if we don't see the Lord connected to it, then it's simply an operation by the, the mystic potency of the Lord. So someone's empowerment or somebody's downfall is simply a product of the way the most of nature act in this world. There's no use of criticizing or glorifying. But it says in Chaitanya Charitamrita, of these two principles, it's better to see the good than to criticize. And that's on a materialistic platform. So we don't we don't want to be around an environment where anyone is really being criticized because it doesn't benefit us. So Kata also it means speaking of things unrelated to Krishna. So that would all be considered dirty feet in this case. Any talk that is unrelated to Krishna. But even worse than that is when there's um, Criticism of devotees. 
there's actually nothing worse than an offense to devotees. And it starts in how we think in our mind. And then we sometimes we speak words to devotees. That's a higher offense. And then sometimes you can see that there's physical attacks on devotees. So these these types of offenses are taking taking place. And this particular offense, the Acharya say it's called the Mad Elephant offense. So there's two things. The reason we are speaking why we talk about offenses so much is because we're when we're serious on the path of bhakti, there's two things that get in the way of our advancement. And that's cultivation of material desires, which are considered to be like weeds that choke out the plan of devotional service. That's the one thing that gets in the way. The second thing that gets in the way is offenses. So anybody who's serious about anything in life, they want to eliminate things that get in the way of them reaching their goal. Like if you're trying to have a physical, healthy body, you want to eliminate things from your diet that are going to destroy your health. So in the same way, we speak about these things because these things are so powerful that they can completely destroy um, our devotional life. And it's called the mad elephant offense because any offense um, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita is described like animals coming in the garden and eating the, the vegetables. But the mad elephant is it's the biggest animal. And the elephant has huge legs. And when he gets angry, there's nothing that can stop the power of an elephant um, relatively because he can totally crush those plants. So those, that's considered um, an offense to a devotee. Completely destroy our devotional life. But offenses and criticism about devotees is a very tricky subject, actually. So I'd like to just discuss a few examples from the Shastras of how we can look at it because there's many different aspects of this environment of offenses. And sometimes things aren't offenses. Sometimes they are. So it's tricky. You know, because Prabhupada, he was critical of the whole material world. But actually, he purified the world. So it's very tricky, you see. It's extremely um, uh, deep science, the science of rectification in this world. So I'd like to look at a couple of examples. And in regards to this, in regards to Prabhupada purifying the world through his so-called criticism, his mercy, there's a... So like there's an example of uh, Garanga Prabhu from Gurmada Eco Village. He gave an example that there's a king and he was distributing food to the citizens. And as he was distributing food, an eagle was flying overhead, and the eagle was carrying a poisonous snake. And as he was flying, one drop of this poison from the snake dropped onto the food that the king was distributing. So the person that ate the food, they died. And so when the agents of, of Yamaraj came, they, they had to decide who is the culprit in this situation? And it was a difficult case because the king wasn't at fault. Right? The king was just distributing food, and he had no idea that the poison had dropped in the food when he distributed it. So he's not at fault. The snake isn't at fault because the snake is dead. Right? 
the eagle is just getting his meal. You know, he, he animals don't accumulate karma, so he's not at fault. And then one particular lady, a citizen of the society, she started telling other people that the king was killing the citizens by, dis by distributing food and not to accept food from the king. So then the angel Yamar says, she's the culprit because of her criticism of the king. And Rhoda Prabhu explained, he said that it said that if we criticize somebody and we're right, we're right about the criticism. We take on half of that karma. If we criticize somebody and we're wrong, we take on all of that karma and all is absorbed by us. So now relaying this back to, to the Prabhupada and the Acharyas and the devotees, it's said that the Acharya absorbs the sins of their disciples, right? This is because the, the purity, and this is why we can't imitate the pure devotee, because the purity of the devotee, they can absorb these sins. When the devotee is finding fault with society, they're absorbing the sins of society. And if we aren't on a particular platform, we can't take on that activity. Like that's why it's stated in the Shastras that it's extremely um, um, it's an extremely important position to be a parent, to be a teacher, to be a, to be a guru, because when you take on that position, then you are responsible for leading that dependent to liberation. So an acharya like Srila Prabhupada, he is, he is, it's said that he created the house that the whole world can live in. So through his criticism of a misguided society, he's actually taking on all these reactions of the whole world and absorbing them. Because he has that potency. He has that potency to bless the whole world through his criticism. And it's just like a mother. If a mother criticizes their child out of love and affection, in time, the child will recognize that criticism as mercy. And with they'll have an affectionate feeling about that particular criticism. Because they realize that because of that criticism from their mother, they are saved from so many trials and tribulations in life. So the mother then absorbs those sins from the child and guides them on the right way. Becomes uh, responsible. And so a position of leadership is it's a very difficult position, and it's a, it's a selfless position. Um, it's not meant to be uh, something that gets one adoration and fame and distinction. Like in this world, people try to seek power position for that purpose. But it's actually an extremely difficult position where we become responsible for that dependent to go to a safe place, to become free from this world. So it's so important. Anytime that we're, we're preaching or teaching, distributing, guiding. And so as we're as we're developing, it's better to try to um, look for the good in everyone and elevate everyone. And 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 
when we reach a particular relationship, a particular state of consciousness, then we can um, we can give mercy in that way. Papa would say very humbly, I'm an old man, I can speak this way. Or well, when he would criticize Hollywood, the fools and rascals, he say, I can speak this way. Um, but he he was so pure that he could absorb that. So I was watching, and there was one person that he was trying to find antidotes for poison. And so he would take um, poison from different um, poisonous snakes into his system, and over time, he'd become immune to them. And so in this video, literally, he would take a cobra, and he'd put it on his arm, and have the cobra bite him. And you watch it on the film. And, and it would like, kind of swell up a little bit, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't be hurt because he had immunity to it. And so the great souls, they have an immunity when they give their blessing in the form of criticism. Just like Lord Shiva, when he absorbed the, the ocean of poison, he couldn't be affected. Um, so this is the mercy of the devotees. And then how should we take it when, when criticism comes our way? We should actually take it as, as mercy. Like Vaisheshika Prabhu says, I live to be corrected. And so, whenever criticism comes, we should see those who criticize us, who chastise us to be our best friends. It said in the, like the Acharyas, that they're our best friends. Those who glorify us, we should see as our enemies. <laughs> There's a different way of, of seeing the world. Our best friends are those who chastise, because then we can become better. Now we have to be around those we love, because if we're just around materialists, then we'd be, we'll become um, destitute, forlorn, and we won't have any enthusiasm. But when we're, when we're criticized by the booty, that's the greatest blessing, um, because we can become better. And, and they're actually giving shelter. They're giving shelter through that criticism and through that mercy. And so another, another example about how offenses are hurtful it is in the story of, of Govinda, who is a servant of Lord Chaitanya. And after, after the Rath Yatra, the Lord was extremely exhausted. And every day, um, around lunchtime, Govinda would massage the legs of the Lord. So this particular case, he was wanting to massage the legs of the Lord, but the Lord was so exhausted because he had been dancing for so many hours in Kirtan that he collapsed in front of the door. And he couldn't get in to massage the Lord. So he was requesting the Lord, please look to the side so I can He says, I'm sorry, I can't move. I can't move an inch. I'm too exhausted. And so he says, please, Lord, please move to the side so I can come in the side. He says, he says do as you will. Whatever your mind says, do. And he fell asleep. So Gavinda stepped over the Lord, began massaging the legs of the Lord. Then the Lord woke up, and he said, what happened? He said, how did you how did you come over here? And um, why have you not taken your lunch? And Govinda didn't answer, but he was thinking in his mind, he was thinking, I committed an offense by stepping over the body of the Lord. Like that's um, like I said that it's even offense if we step on the shadow of a devotee paying obeisance. <laughs> So stepping over the body of the Lord is an offense. He says, I'm, I'm willing to commit unlimited offenses in order to serve my dear Lord. But for me to go out to get lunch for myself, 
I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to commit any offense to that. For my own sense gratification, I will not commit an offense. But for the service of the Lord, then I will. And then and then in the Chaitanya Chandramita, it says that the Lord, he's actually, he's not attracted by this mood of awe and veneration. He's not attracted by the, the Vedic ritualistic ceremonies. But he's attracted when we develop spontaneous love for him. Just like the gopis when Krishna had a headache. What did they do? They gave the dust. As Krishna said, I need the dust from the feet of the gopis to eliminate this, this headache. So they gave it. It's a spontaneous love. Um, so this is an important lesson that devotees, they become so enraptured in this love and affection for Krishna that they're just simply interested for the satisfaction of the Lord. They want to take care of the Lord. And it's actually said in, in Vrindavan that the cowherd boys, they think that they're bigger and stronger than the Lord. And when they wrestle the Lord, also, oftentimes they'll, they'll beat the Lord. They'll allow themselves to, to lose. They'll say, what kind of big man do you think you are anyway? They'll wrestle, wrestle him to the ground. And Nitaisevani um, Mataji, she was describing that if Krishna tries to convince the coward boys that he's God, they won't believe him. They say, but I, I killed the Trinivarta demon. They say, no, that was just a big gust of wind, and the, and the demon became exhausted and fell to the ground. They say, well, what about Agasura? I killed Agasura. He said, no, no, uh, Nanda Maharaj, uh, he worships uh, Narayan Shila, Narayan Shavagam Shila. And this potency from this worship enters into your body, and that's how the demon was killed. You didn't do it. And the proof is, is that we can beat you up very easily in wrestling match. So, obviously you're not dead. So this is how Krishna becomes, he becomes bought by the devotee. Because the devotee is so loving and affectionate to the Lord, that there is no conception of God in that relationship. And so we're hoping to develop that mood, but, but for our own self, we won't commit any offense. But the Lord also doesn't accept an offense. It's like Rigopati. When, when he kicked the Lord on the chest, he said, oh, I'm so sorry. I hope your, your, your foot isn't hurt. My chest is so hard. He said, actually, I've, had, I've received a great blessing because of Ramana's foot. It was on my chest and the dust of the Brahmana is there. It's such a blessing for you. See, that, this is an important lesson about how we receive, how we take an offense or criticism. We, we never take, a, take an offense for ourselves. But if the devotee is offended, then we become very upset. And that's why the Lord won't tolerate offenses. And this is another uh, lesson from Ramachandra Puri. Ramachandra Puri, he was, his mind was so absorbed in fault-finding that that's all he thought about, was trying to find the faults in the devotees. That was his whole mode of being. And it said that he had this mindset because he had, he had offended his guru. So the root of that was losing shelter of his guru. So what happened, it happened in this case. Well, he happened to be a disciple of Madhavendra Puri, so Lord Jaitanya considered him like his own guru. Because Rojaitanya was a disciple of Ishtarapuri, so they were godmothers. So, in this particular case, 
que he was in this state of mind where he was just was finding fault. And so he couldn't find any fault in the Lord. But then he, he saw that the Lord was taking lots of prasadam. And he happened to see some ants crawling near the Lord. And he said, oh, there's ants here. That must be because the Lord is eating, taking so much sweets. That's why the ants are here. And so when the Lord heard this criticism, the Lord felt like, oh, he's right, because the sannyasi is not supposed to taste the ministry. So he, he reduces eating like a half. And the birds were devastated. The described Chaitanya Chakramita, they felt like lightning bolts had struck their head. They were devastated because they all wanted to serve the Lord. They all wanted to prepare prasadam for the Lord. They didn't want the Lord to be hungry. They loved the Lord so much. And so they were devastated with this criticism over on the Chanjaburi. And it was described that he would be so in the mood of criticism that he would literally induce the sannyasis to, to eat a lot. And then afterwards he criticized them. Why are you eating so much? And so in this particular case, all the devotees were unhappy because of this critical mood of Ramachandrapuri. This is an important let us, uh, um, a lesson about committing offenses to devotees. So when we develop an offensive mentality, we begin speaking offenses, we begin, we begin act, acting in offensive ways, all the devotees become unhappy. And so do you know what happened? Ramachandrapuri left the association of the devotees, and all the devotees became very happy. So we don't want that. We don't want that situation. We want the devotees to be happy when we're there, not when we're gone. So this is a situation of Ramachandrapuri. And so this created a mood of sadness. And lastly, we'll just touch on, we've been hearing this past time about Amoga. Amoga was also one who criticized very much. And when Sarva Bolmar hosted Lord Chaitanya to his house, he was watching out for his son-in-law with a stick in his hand, you remember? He was going to chase away his son-in-law, Amoga. So it's interesting what happened in this, this sequence of events, because it really speaks to the science of, of offenses. So the first thing that happened was that Amoga chastised the Lord and committed an offense. Now, the Lord did not accept that offense, because the Lord never accepts offenses to himself. You see? The Lord never accepts offenses to himself. Because he offended the Lord, his devotee, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, and his, her, his wife was completely devastated. Completely devastated. Our son-in-law said these things to the Lord. Because his devotee was devastated, then there was a reaction that came. So that's why a reaction comes from offending the Lord, because the devotees are devastated. And the Lord can't handle that hurt feeling in his devotees. So then he developed cholera because of that. Now because of his relationship to Sarabhama Bhattacharya, that association, that blessing, then he attained the association and mercy of the Lord. And when the Lord gave him the holy names and blessed him through that association, then Ramachandra Bhuri became liberated. So, this um, actually, Rana Swami was also speaking about offenses. And 
I'm just saying that there's one level of thinking about offenses is that if I commit offenses and I'm going to suffer, there's karma there, right? And nobody wants to suffer, so that's an impetus to not commit offenses because we're going to accumulate these simple reactions. But he says a higher way of seeing offenses is because when we offend the Lord or his devotees, the Lord is hurt by that. The Lord suffers because of that. And because the goal of life of devotees is to please the devotees and the Lord, please the Supreme Personality Godhead, Samasini, Adipostana, the Supreme Perfection is to please the Lord. And when we commit offenses to the devotees and to the Lord, then that gives the most displeasure to Krishna. So that's a higher way to understand offenses is that is that we cannot please the Lord. And so Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 7.18, he says, because he's speaking about the different types of persons that approach the Lord, the four different types of people. So he said, all these devotees are undoubtedly magnanimous souls. But he who is situated in knowledge of me, so that's an intimate knowledge of Bhakti Yoga, ultimately, I consider to be just like my own son. Being engaged in my transcendental service, he is sure to obtain me the highest and most perfect goal. So when we defend uh, the devotees of the Lord, it is a direct offense, attack on the body of the Lord himself. Because I consider these devotees to be just like my own self. And it's said that worshiping devotees is higher than the Lord. So committing offenses to devotees is even a higher offense than committing offenses to the Lord. And actually, um, I have this quote by Mahatma Prabhu. There's a lot about offenses. You can learn a lot. <laughs> it's an important subject. Mahatma Prabhu, he was relaying the scriptures, and this um, kind of follows suit. It is not possible to offend a person or devotee without having somewhat of an offensive mentality towards Krishna. It is impossible to be envious of others without being envious of Krishna. Somehow we think offending Krishna is a serious offense, but offending a devotee is not. Yet the fact is that an offense to devotee is directly an offense to Krishna. The worship of my devotees is the real worship of me. In fact, it is higher than worshiping my very self. That's from Shrima Bhagavatam, Brother Kanto. And so, so I was thinking the, the main point that I'd like to make in this class is you've heard this before, the best defense is a good offense. You heard that? You heard in sports? It goes both ways. <laughs> the best defense is a great offense. So when you're always on the attack, then they're always on the defense. You see what I mean? It's like when you're when you're in battle, when you're always on the attack and they have to be shielding themselves like that. So we're always attacking Maya and Maya's agents and our conditioned mind instances by always being in a very, very humble mood. Like Lord Govinda Maharaj says, everybody is higher than me. Everybody. I'm the lowest. I'm very, very low. Everybody is higher than me. And when we're in this mood, like Lord Jaitanya said, Shinati Sumitra Tola Eva Sahishya. Amanina Manamina Kirtanya Sarahi. We're in this mood of servitorship. 
thinking that we're very low when we're the servant of the servant, then we cannot commit offenses in that mood. And so in that mood, because we can chant the holy names of the Lord constantly, Kirtaniya Sadahari, in that humble state of mind, we're always chanting the glories of the Lord. We're chanting the glories of the Lord's devotees, which is, glory, which is more glorious than even glorifying the Lord because of Krishna's love for the devotees. Then we're, we cannot be touched by Maya. We stay very humble, always chanting the holy names of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. When you stay in that consciousness, um, then those dirty feet of criticism, material concept of life, they can't enter into our mind, contaminating our consciousness. Because we're always pouring the nectar is coming from us. We're always speaking the nectar, and the nectar is coming into our ears. So when we're on the offense like that, then Maya can't have grasp on us. So, let's see, I might have one last quote here. Oh, this is, um, it's interesting, this, he's, he's become kind of a famous motivational speaker. He's a, he's a son of the Moody's. And um, anyway, he had an interesting quote because he had a little video on, um, I think, how we treat others and how oftentimes we make an assumption, make an assumption about somebody, but really, we don't really know exactly what they're going for, going through. Like, Rudy gives the example, of the person who had, who had lost his wife. And, and his children were running around in the bus, right? Remember? His children were running around being a disturbance. He was saying, why is this person not taking care of their children? And the man was sitting there like this, this is a worthless parent. And and when he confronted him, he says, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm so sorry. He says, they're, they just, we just got back from the hospital and, they, and the kids just lost their mother. So he's like, Shot. And so so he was saying, you know, we don't know what anybody's going through in different times. People make fun of or criticize others. Um, but that's not um, conducive for our spiritual practice. So he says, if you're pulling someone down, you're already below them. Um, and so when, we, when we're elevated, we pull people up. And sometimes that's through criticism. If we're in a position of leadership. Sometimes we pull others up to criticism. If we're in that state, like if we have a child, sometimes we have to criticize or chastise. So, at the end here, any reflections or? Yes. When I heard this, many times over the years, that the Lord has analyzed the difference between a Christian's mentality and a Christian soul's mentality. Conditioned soul, if um, somebody commits a tiny little offense, and will say, oh, it was very great. Yes. And if he does some huge service, and say, oh, that was practically nothing. <laughs> and Krishna is just the opposite. If a devotee commits a very great offense, the Krishna says, oh, it was not, it was not. And if you bring it a tiny little bit of service, which is always very great. Yeah, it's very nice. The purport is that we should follow in the footsteps of Krishna. Yeah. And try to develop that kind of mentality. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah, I I was on I was online the other day and 
you know, there's all the melees going on in Mayapur right now and all that. And um, I saw this video of a devotee who was wanting to leave Kirtan in a specific time slot. I saw this, yeah. And um, and then all these other like devotees just came in and like, they almost like bullied him out of, of leaving Kirtan. And I thought to myself, like as I was seeing that, as I was seeing the way that these devotees were treating this other devotee, and the other devotee was just like very humble in a really humble mood as they were like chastising him to, to get up and go. So I, I didn't understand what was going on there, but it, it totally, totally felt offensive, you know? Like anyone seeing that? Um, well, I know I know that they passed that on to my for management because there's somebody on the thread, yeah. but I was, people were sending that to me yeah. and I'm very reluctant to make a judgment right. because I don't, I don't know, I have no idea what's going on. You know, sometimes like things look a certain way, but we don't really know the situation. So I, I'm. It looked bad. I agree. It looked very bad. But I'm just. It sounded like someone who was passing it on to the Michael management. They're going to take a look at it, and if needed, they can talk to those devotees. But I was very reluctant. I didn't say anything yeah. because I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, also, I saw online there was two God brothers, and we had a picture. Oh, we're going to or something and this one god brother was uh, kind of infamous he did a lot a lot of service he even has a plaque a huge plaque in the um, Vrindavan temple that he collected a lot of the money for that temple but he also did a lot of bad stuff so then i saw on there they had a lot of comments so i was just curious to see what kind of comments because you know online you can kind of get away with mm -hmm. with nastier things than you'd ever say to you know, right. um so i was like thinking that it was going to be like that but i was actually pleasantly surprised that it was all glorification mm -hmm. um the devotee and his service that he mm -hmm. did for Prabhupada. and uh yeah so that was quite enlightening to see yeah that's sweet i mean they were Prabhupada tolerated in the beginning it is like unprecedented <laughs> mm -hmm. so yes Yeah, actually, I meant to bring this up. Thank you so much. So, actually, on Sunday, there's an, there's an example of something that happened because somebody, actually, Elijah was talking to me at the book table. And he said, I won't name any names because I don't want to do that. But he said somebody had pointed out from the lecture what she thought was um, kind of like a bigoted remark. And, 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 and then the remark that was said, and actually Elijah, he had realization, he said it was just a, a truthful fact that related to what was being relayed. And so I agree with him. I said not only was it a truthful fact, and it wasn't bigotry, because this was an offense, because this lady was basically criticizing Adir Dutta Prabhu for this particular point. I said not only was it a small and truthful fact, but I told Elijah, I said, if somebody asked, offered you 100 grams of gold, gold bars, and there's a, say, say there was some fault, there's a tiny little bit of dust on top, would you criticize that dust and reject the gold? I said, 
he just gave a he just gave something extremely valuable, and that's what she's going to try to take from that lecture. So in this particular case, I felt like I did a good job. <laughs> Not that I always do, but but this is one way that we can overcome offenses to other devotees when we hear them is we have to defeat their argument. That's one way, because the, the Acharya is saying how we, how we have to deal with this. We either have to defeat their argument, we either have to walk away immediately, leave the conversation, or we have to kill the offender. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, it's better to, in my opinion, walk away. <laughs> or uh, defeat their argument. But we can't. But the, the point is, we cannot. We cannot handle taking an offense to another devotee. We cannot hear that. We have to do something about it. We can't just take it into our consciousness and just let it be, and let it bounce around in our consciousness because it's contaminating. Maybe that one who's been talking to a senior devotee about it, they just can't reconcile. Oh, I mean, there's sometimes. But you walk away, but it's still in your head, and it's a significant thing that shouldn't be happening. So maybe then you can talk to a senior devotee and tell them. Exactly. Particular That's exactly the solution. We have to find out because sometimes we get contaminated even if we do defeat their argument. We get contaminated by what they said. So in that case, we have to discuss it um, from a neutral point of view to receive guidance from the senior devotee. Yes. Thank you. That's that's the that's the start. That's the start. They're, to become perfectly pure in chanting, we have to give up the ten senses. Right. Well, to take up the holy name, there's no hard and fast rules. But if we want to attain pure love for God through the chanting, then we have to um, become better. Does that make sense? It's not that we always just. Commit offenses. We have to. We have to transcend that offensive stage of chanting. I remember this one guy that used to come to the program in Boulder. He got. He was. Met. He's like, I've been cheated. It said chant, be happy, and there's no hard festivals. There are. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is never give up the chanting. We tell people never give up the chanting, even if there is. It's better to be a chanting than to not be chanting. That's the point. So try to always encourage people, even if they are in a. They still have bad habits, you know. Okay, Gatra, Shiva Bhagavatam, Kijai, Shiva Prabhupada, Kijai, go with it. Thank